Grilka, where is the leader of your house? I do not know. Then I say that the House of Quark has dishonored itself before this council. And I ask that it be dissolved and its land and property be turned over to me as compensation for... I am Quark, son of Keldar, and I have come to answer the challenge of Dagor, son of whatever. Well, hello and welcome to Tarek Noir. My name is Joe and I'm here with my brother Matthew and we're here every week to recap Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 3, The House of Quark. The story was written by Tom Binko, the teleplay by Ronald D. Moore, and the episode was directed by Les Lando. So Matthew, does your wife say, enter husband, whenever she wants to talk to you? That's a very personal question, and uh, that's it's not for talk that she says that. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, I want to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I felt like a creep saying it, but then what else am I gonna do? Yeah, I mean, like I set you up for it. I didn't realize that I was setting you up for it, but yeah, I kind of was setting you up for it. So I, I have uh, heard, I have thank you for delivering on that. Yes, I have heard that phrase before. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like every, um, well, not every. I think every. <laughs> um uh married couple during <laughs> that went to our college um that has a healthy relationship with their body and the concept of sex may have said that on their wedding night um but that's probably a low percentage of people that that all applies to uh because christians do not talk about sex with their there were there were great stories about that i heard of one couple where um the woman saw her husband's penis and it was the first penis that she'd seen mm-hmm. and she was terrified and she ran into the bathroom locked the door and stayed in there all night which you know not what you're looking for in your wedding night but more importantly it meant that he had to go like to the bathroom in like the hotel lobby <laughs> oh my god Honestly, I love a bathroom, uh, a bathroom and hotel lobby. I love visiting a bathroom and hotel lobby. Like it just feels like I can do whatever I want here, and I'll have no repercussions. Like it literally will not follow me into the rest of the hotel room. <laughs> literally will not. That's. I mean, honestly, if you're sharing a room with a person or maybe multiple people, um, there's sometimes where it's like. If you're considerate, there's some business that you should maybe be doing downstairs. Yeah. I um I have done for specific reasons, I have done many uh a weekend trip with friends um uh in Chicago, DC, and San Jose. If you get that reference, then cool. If not, that's okay. Um, but, uh, sometimes with like groups of friends and like I'll often bring, or just like when I get to that area by like air, like spray, you know, like bathroom spray. Um, and that's nice. 
when there's like mm-hmm. a, a large group of people in a single hotel room um it's kind of nice to have the air freshener um yeah essential it yep, is yep. uh the whole situation with the with the woman getting scared at the side of a penis my like my thought is that a i'm sure it's like if you haven't seen it before it's not what you think it's going to look like um the other thing i'm thinking of is like did it look like an anteater and then that was kind of like a, a bit of a surprise like if you don't know the situation of like what do you think it might i feel like that could be surprising to people what what would one think it looks like a better question is when you're a if you're a changeling like one of those like changeling spies that got sent out into the world mm-hmm. and they're trying to like keep undercover and like present as human or present as like whatever species like they're infiltrating like if they're like super deep undercover where they have like relations with someone like what if they get it wrong like they approximate like what the genitalia <laughs> is supposed to look like but then they just get it completely wrong i think uh i think that's a funny thought i think it's a funny thought that like the changeling gets drunk and like forgot forgot how they made it before and then it's like, wait, this looks different. This is, it's, you know, like, it's got. I swear I did. I follow the recipe the exact way <laughs> I'm supposed to. I swear. There's a. Uh, flat and deflated. I don't know why. I it's swear like I with, did. it's like with polling, how there's a margin of error. Like one day you're right. looking at it, it's 2% plus. One day you're looking, it's 2% minus. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the exit polling was way <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, I have to imagine. Uh, well, that's fun. That's that's a fun way to start the episode. This episode has nothing to do with genitals, but you know, it's it fun. Does way to have, it does have to do with uh, husbands. It does have to do with husbands. There's a lot of husbandry going on in this episode. Uh, which husband do you think is a better husband? Honestly, a Quark. Like, on, it, honestly, it's out quirk. of a tough yeah. spot. Like he Honestly, literally saved her home and her like her wealth and everything. Like Cork is really, really ten out of ten on the husband front. Uh he uh learned how to not overstep boundaries and to get consent in this episode. You wish that he would have known that already, but he did find out pretty quickly. Um, and I think that he learned a lesson. Yeah, no, I uh, I think that he absolutely was the better husband. Um, he wanted to be equal partners. It was just yes, like exactly. You know what? Like, I'm not going to hold it against you that I got that you kidnapped me forcibly. Yeah. Um, and let's try it's to good f- to have a forgiving husband. Let's try to figure this thing out. You know, let me let me apply my skills and yeah. work together on your problem, not just send you away for. Uh, for a semester abroad you know yeah it's it's about like figuring out like common grounds figuring out what each brings to the table and like how to complement each other in that way um and we and we definitely get that and also you know, like occasionally like you know challenging your brother-in-law to the death like that's a part of being a husband that's you know the 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 thing is is that quirk um as an empath <laughs> I hate how people say that. Um, I'm an empath. Um, Quark was able to identify what her real problems were 
yeah immediately exactly. and and try to help out as opposed to O'Brien needed fucking Julian Bashir to be able to like look outside himself for a second. Do we really, really think that Bashir is a relationship man? Uh, no, but I do think that Bashir um, has read a lot of books with relationships in him and is yeah. ready to give advice out. Bashir he loves the sound of his own voice more than hooked up with people in relationships before. And so he probably has like that kind of like <laughs> awareness. I know, I know exactly what, it, what an unsatisfied wife looks like. <laughs> and the occasional husband. I see uh, them all the I see them all the time. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it is it is definitely like a rare episode. We'll get into the episode, but it is definitely a rare episode where um not rare, but he is he's very understanding, you know, and it's not like all about himself in this episode, which is very Bork? good. Uh yes, but or did, were you talking about sure. O'Brien? I was, I was oh Bashir. All right. I wasn't sure who you were talking about. No, that's fair. It could be applicable in a couple of different ways. Okay. Uh, episode summary is uh, a drunken Klingon tries to kill Quark in a dispute over his bar bill. Uh, who among us? And winds up I've been his own I've been <laughs> Again, who among us? Uh, when a stream of Klingons arrive on the station, a string? A stream? It was two Klingons. That's Is two a stream? I feel like that's a little bit... Seems like a stretch to me. A bit of a stretch. When a stretch of the word of Klingons arrive on the station, Quark releases, real, releases, releases, realizes. Come on, Trekor editors, please. Where are you? Quark realizes he has gotten himself into a dangerous situation, which takes him to Klingon homeworld of Kronos. Okay. Um, what I love about this episode, there's a couple things that I love about this episode. One is that it's got an A plot and a B plot. I love when we could just focus on a couple different things at once. More so than we had last episode in the search because it was basically all one plot and the other plot wasn't actually happening. But these two events are actually happening. So uh, let's talk about uh, Quark and the Klingons first. Um, Quark, as it said in the summary... Uh, gets himself into a bit of a mess uh, when someone dies at his own hands uh, in Quark's. How many times has Quark's been the scene of a crime? Uh, Typically, I mean, like involving death. Quark it's is. Fun. It feels like half a dozen at least. Quark is the scene of a crime. Quark is the scene of a crime, exactly. So this guy has a dishonorable clean on death because he accidentally kills himself. Not a great look. Uh, Quark realizes that he can make money off of this, like really lean into his showman's strengths uh, and try to grab attention. Uh, this dude's brother, uh, Kozak, is like, uh, what the fuck? You're going to have to like actually back this up because uh, otherwise I hate you. Grilka does kind of the same. She kidnaps him, takes him to Kronos. They get married. And then all of a sudden he's having to defend the house of Quark, uh, which culminates in him going toe to toe with Kozak and gambling, doing what he does left, do, what he, doing what he does best, which is gambling and betting that Kozak is not going to kill him because that would be a dishonorable kill. Uh, and it would be a bad look for Kozak. Uh, he wins that bet 
and uh and saves the day uh and then gets divorced so let's talk about the storyline we can talk about some of the specifics that's a general uh, overview what did you think of uh the quirk and Grolka storyline um i enjoyed the story i had issues like the whole way through like i didn't I didn't quite like the way that they made the Klingon soap soap opera characters. I didn't like that they made them dumb. They made them very dumb. It was like, oh my god, numbers. We can't handle numbers. It was it was a tough that was a tough that was a tough look. Um also I'm unclear as to whether like I don't think Gilka's defending like her house asset assets as much as her husband's assets. Mm-hmm. And her husband's assets are the family assets, in which case, if you, say, had gotten together with an ex of what? yours, and then you passed away, and then your ex was like, well, I get, like, all your family stuff, I might protest, I might protest yeah. as much as possible. You yeah. know? I mean, so I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know if um, this is all rich people's business anyway. Like we're arguing about like estates, so like I'm not very like it's on councils and stuff. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not really like you know, the, like I watch Succession for that shit. You know what I mean? Like this I, is like the Bushes arguing over who gets what or something. Yeah, like I'm, I'm very against the Bush family, like accidentally <laughs> because. Someone committed, like, actually killed himself in your bar. And then uh, a Bush would do that. One of Jeb sure. Bush's daughters kidnaps you. And then all of a sudden you're married. And then Jeb Bush is your uncle. <laughs> Imagine. Please clap. Um, <laughs> no, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not really invested in, like, the actual what's happening here. Okay. Um, I don't know that, like, I'm not on anybody's side. Like, they made the they made the brother be like an idiot who you're not supposed to like you know whatever that's their business but um i wasn't really like going for that cuz i don't know that she was someone that i really liked like like the 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 charge against the brother was that he was like scheming mm. and doing like you know letter of the law stuff which is exactly what she's doing so i'm just like y'all y'all figure that mess out i'm not interested you made these klingons look stupid there's this whole like soap opera y thing. No, they it didn't feel it didn't feel very Klingon to me. It felt something else. This episode was like um, I'm not sure which wave feminism this episode was, but it was very much like uh we're feminists, you know, with both with both plot lines of like a woman can have a job too. You know, like she mm-hmm. your wife might not want to just be a stay-at-home mom, she might have a career and you have one too. It's only fair that she gets to live her dreams. It's like, all right, cool. And then with this one again, it's like another like, you know, they're not going to let a woman on the council. And here she goes, like being like, you know, Z snap her way all the way up to getting the lands and stuff. I'm like, all right, cool, 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 whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. The quirks the her and Quark and that dynamic was fun. I enjoyed that. Oh, for sure. They had a great dynamic. I mean, we can. So what's interesting about uh, this episode is that Ronald D. Moore also wrote the episode uh, Sins of the Father, 
um if recall that's like we're uh a tng episode where Worf uh has to challenge the klingon high council's accusation that his father was a traitor um and we get the first appearance of kern uh which is great love to see tony todd uh doing his thing um tony todd he's yeah he's great uh we'll see him later in ds9 which is exciting um it's a, kind of a bummer but exciting to see him well we actually get we we get to see him twice um there is definitely the bummer where he comes back as Kern. Mm, yeah but then there's uh uh he he has a good role in um the episode the visitor um i don't like i don't think that i've ever heard you talk about that episode that episode fucking wrecks me I mean, we'll we'll get to it at some point, but that episode just fucking wrecks me. Like, just always a mess, like bawling mess when I watch that episode. Um, but uh, so since the father is like one of those early season three episodes that like really really gets into clinging on tradition, clinging on like mm-hmm. like the political, the high council, all that stuff, right? So it's like a big deal. Um, the Duras is in there, you know. So it's like a, a lot of shit is happening. And this episode was also written by Ronald D. Moore, but it was kind of like intended as the flip side where that episode was super serious. This episode, they're like, we want to have fun. We want to go wacky (laughs) and goofy and stuff like that. So it was very much intentional that this episode was a little bit stranger and a little bit more offbeat. But it's weird because the way that it portrays uh, like the Cleon... um, uh goings on like how they handle business and also the council itself is it's like it's having fun but it also kind of comes off as a bit of a joke you know um at the klingon's expense which is not cute like we didn't have to do that um i definitely love the grolka and the quark stuff and we'll talk about grolka in a second but just like the way that the klingons come off in this episode is it's kind of rough unfairly i think yeah i agree um but okay so we'll talk about groka she she has another appearance later on in the season or the series uh which is very fun i'm excited to talk about that when that happens um but she is a really interesting character like when we first meet her uh she is asking quark to be like okay were you the one that murdered my husband and quark is like yeah and she's like Cool, 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 cool. Okay, uh, time to defend yourself. I'm going to kill you now. Time to defend yourself. The way that that man jumped behind the bar and just like curled up in a ball was amazing. <laughs> I enjoyed There was it. a lot of, there was a lot of quirk, you know, a lot of quirk body acting in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a heavy quirk doing his thing. Um, and then she immediately kidnaps him and takes him back to Kronos and then they get married. And it is, it's very silly. It's very goofy. Like, I wish that the humor was in like the events that happen and not necessarily at the expense of Klingons, but there is definitely a lot of, like a lot of fun stuff that happens. Um, we get a scene later on where he is doing his numbers thing and he's like hey baby doll i'm a numbers guy let me take a look at the numbers and see what i can do okay babe um and she is like okay yeah and she reveals or quark reveals what kozak has been doing she says you mean he has been scheming and plotting like a 
dot 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 and he fills the blank no no you can you can say it. it's okay i'm a ferengi i know how it goes um and they have this moment right where when they have the wedding ceremony they kiss and she like spits and she's just disgusted but in that scene where she is uh appreciating quark for what he's doing and like is very grateful for um how he is going to like save her family and her fortune and all that um they have this moment which like if it were anyone but quark like it would stay in that moment and stay kind of cute and uh affectionate and like possibly lean into something more but because of course it is quark uh Grilka says i'm very grateful for all you have done quark that's why i'm going to let you take your hand off my thigh instead of shattering every bone in your body um that's just perfect like here said something similar to him. Quark. huh here said something similar to him oh yeah like yeah. if you don't get your hand off my thigh whatever he's he's a big hand on thigh person uh at at any chance that he can that he can get it he's going to put his hand on your thigh um yeah it's i i didn't mind them like repeating the same joke because it was it was perfect i thought um but it was a lot of fun uh and then when quirk walks in to uh to challenge kozak at the end of the episode uh the interaction that uh that he has with grilka afterwards um you know just you've given me back my house and my family name how can i repeat repay you and quirk says i would like a divorce please no offense uh it was great fantastic also fantastic is him saying i'm quirk son of keldar and i've come to answer the challenge of Dugor, son of whatever i like we need more just like dismissive i don't know what your thing is whoever you are whatever this whatever that's going on i'm i'm just doing what i have to do to get out of this mess it was fun i'm a i'm a big fan of a dismissive uh Ugh. whomever whatever right so wait is con- it- that kind of condescension really speaks to me <laughs> what does that say about you i know <laughs> i don't what's his name Degore or kozak i can't i don't know does it matter what is name? i don't know what his name was um we also get uh an appearance of gauron in this episode which is uh his first uh appearance um uh in ds9 yeah he's going to have more appearances uh it's his first appearance in any star trek show without Worf. that's a very specific trivia um sure that's fun that's a fun little trivia is that it is it is it it is trivia (laughs) it is trivial that's for sure it's fucking it is is trivial that's for sure it is trivial (laughs) but so there's a couple different things that I want to mention about Gowron in this episode. One that um, he was very funny, but also at his own expense at one point, like he has the line of call or saying to Tagore, like, are you, are you going to let this pathetic little man? Uh, or if you kill this pathetic little man, the way that you are, it's going to bring dishonor upon you. Like Cork has to have been just thinking that moment, like, I don't really like how you said that, but I'll take the win anyways. 
Um, but I just love Garon calling him a pathetic little man. Um, but the other thing is when Quark inch introduces all the information about the numbers, like he has a whole fucking like Excel spreadsheet PowerPoint kind of thing that um all the council are looking at, the Klingon council are looking at on their data pads. And Garon just is like enough of this bullshit and then just tosses his data pad away. Like it was kind of funny, but also it's a weird thing for this episode to be like, yeah, Cleons can't handle numbers. It's like the, it's really like, why. So they had an there is an interesting contrast between the Ferengi and the Klingons here, where the Ferengi are about just accumulating capital just for its own sake, right? Yeah. Like like you don't believe in anything like you don't like it's the way that like people people start up any type of company just because they think that's what's going to make the money right like um people are opening up breweries restaurants this that the other thing and they don't like really like care about that you know you can tell the difference between someone who like oh they're 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 building this restaurant because they believe in their food or they believe in something and others who are just like oh we're following a trend we can cash out in so much time or like when you get into like real capitalists and these people who are um, working for like private equity or on wall street or whatever. And these people don't make anything. They don't believe in anything. They own like they only believe in making money for money's sake and mm -hmm. whatever the consequences of that are, they don't really care. It's just, it's a nihilistic pursuit. And that's, that's contrasted with the Klingons where like, where's the honor and all that? Like, yeah, you stacked up this like imaginary money. Like you, you got money on paper, but you don't have any honor. Like you're not, you're not producing anything. You're not putting it. You're not putting out anything into the world for it. And instead of like, they bring up the honor a couple times, but instead of it being a, we don't fuck with, with the, the Ferengi and with, and we don't fuck with Klingons who are into that type of, uh, consumption and accumulation because of honor reasons they're they basically did it like we don't fuck with that because we don't understand it mm -hmm. and that's that was a real miss for me yeah yeah no even I, like outside I, of the ideology just like even in terms of like interesting storytelling like you could have had a real conflict of two different sides or something and an argument instead you just had well these people are dumb well i mean like that's the thing it's like this episode isn't necessarily like trying to like be super deep <laughs> about this right. just fine like not yeah. every episode has to be but there definitely was an opportunity to be to go deep you know i like if this was an episode that was like that the intention from the outset was to explore how klingons approach money um and you know kind of like how they feel about money and like how do they feel about these types of family familial uh generational wealth like that kind of stuff like if that was the outset if that was the intention they could have done some fun things but like this was definitely we're just trying to have some fun the last like the premiere was pretty heavy like a lot of hypothetical death that didn't actually happen you know and so it definitely seems like this episode was just trying to have a a release 
but you can still have a mixture of both for yeah, sure. And, and I don't need them to get real deep on this. Like I said, this episode is for men who wear t-shirts that say I'm a feminist. <laughs> Jesus fucking like, Christ. That's that's what this episode is about. It's about the good kind of husband who like really who allows his wife to do what she wants to do, you know, and so or the kind of husband that like supports his wife when she needs it. And just really like, you know, I I I believe women are good too, type of guy. Like real, real salute, real salute this dude. Um, so I'm like that's that's not what this episode is about, you know, with terms of the honor versus whatever. I just it's funny that they they dropped honor a couple times. Oh, like yeah. I noticed it, yeah. but um yeah, like you said, they just made the Klingons like like again, like a soap opera clown. Yeah, a bit. Um, it's a choice. I mean, like, you know, I, I think that like how the Klingons have been presented over the course of Star Trek history is mixed, we'll say. <laughs> like like Worf? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I mean, more specifically, Bolana, I guess. Who's more specific, yes, more technically um, But, like, I, I think that in terms of like there are times where the clowns are like mustache twirling villains. And then there's times where it's like they are honor bound samurai warriors. And then there's times where it's just that they are the butt of every fucking joke. You right. know, it just is like, I mean, shout out to clowns for being flexible for whatever the story requires that they're able to just like, what do you need us to do boss? And they'll do it, I guess. Um, but it is, I don't know. It's interesting. I I think that, you know, with Worf being back on Picard right now, it, it does kind of make me think about how Klingons are portrayed because, you know, it's Discovery. The first two seasons of Discovery had Klingons. Uh, apart from that, the other Star Trek shows have kind of completely avoided Klingons with the exception of like a stray episode here and there on the cartoons um and then you know Picard we've got Worf who is like I'm a pacifist now and and all that kind of stuff and it is Worf is back to like kind of being the butt of a joke on Picard but also like providing his own form of levity that he's, was like intentional yeah, he's uh... the is like Riker is like oh my god we're fucked Basically, I mean, anytime that Worf has said something about how he views violence, Riker is like, "Ah, oh, we're fucked." I I think it's more of a like, but anyways, keep going. Yeah, rolling the eyes, like, "All right, guy," you well, know, he, like everyone's, uh, you know, uh, what is it? I don't understand the world anymore. You know, like that yeah. was in the last episode, that kind of stuff. Well, he he had um a decade of rolling around with this dude where they're like, Hey, there's an unidentified star, like starship on the, the starboard. Like, Oh, what should we do? Like, Hey, we blow it up. <laughs> you know? And so like, like if that guy comes back and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm like a pacifist. You're going to be rolling your eyes, especially when you find out that he's just like beheaded dudes. Like exactly. Yeah. You know, honestly, like the nostalgia that I need from the card for like, in the, like the next three episodes, I guess all they have left three or four. Um, we need like warfat tactical and to suggest like 
shooting at Vatic or whatever, and Picard being like, noted, disagree. <laughs> uh, no, Mr. Worf, now is not the time for violence. You big beast. <laughs> uh, okay. Big, I, you, all right, I'm not gonna. All right, I'll let it, let it slide. I'm let it slide. Yeah, okay. Um, a couple last things <laughs> to, to talk about with the Quark storyline, and then we'll talk about Miles. I've got, I've got some too. I got. Some oh, you've too. got a couple things. Okay, you you say what you got. Um, where's Odo? Because we just had two people kidnapped off the station in the place that he's always spying on. Not only like two people kidnapped, but like days apart from each other, like at least a day apart from each other. Like you have to, at like when you find out that one person is kidnapped, you kind of have to like tighten security a little bit after that, right? And it's not like it takes like it takes a genius to put two two and two together here. Like there's a dead Klingon, there's Quark talking some bad shit, there was you being skeptical of the bad shit he was talking, and now Quark's gone for days. No one's filing a missing missing person report. Like this, like there's nothing. You know, Odo, Odo and Quark have this, like, you know, Odo and Quark have an O'Brien Bashir type relationship. You know, like they're they are tight. Mm-hmm. And uh and nothing. Like what's Odo, what's Odo doing over there? Is he still um does this, is he still in the glow of uh post post li- liquid coital <laughs> <laughs> Coitus. Um uh, he's he's still over there like he's just in his chair, it's spun the wrong way, like in his office. He's just staring up at the ceiling. Wild. Yeah, there uh security is definitely alarming. <laughs> like we've we've talked about it before. Like this man already kind of is overstepping his bounds from like a security policing standpoint, and like he's always wanting to do more. Like it is like I like that Eddington shows up in the last episode because Odo's kind of fucked up a little bit, and then he fucks up again in this episode, but like no repercussion for that. He's telling he's telling Cisco that yeah, people are getting kidnapped, spies are coming over, people are doing whatever they want over here, but it's because it's your fault because right. you won't let me do what I want to do. Meanwhile, wow. he's like, um, you know, a shot glass over at Quark's, like, four days out of the week. You know what I mean? Just, like, just sitting there spying on him. And he's got nothing. Like, like what, is... what what, what, did we, what did we, the Federation, need to give you, Odo, to have prevented this kidnapping directly across from your office? Huh? He is both the worst cop and also an average cop at the same time. <laughs> Honestly. Like is he is he doing a? Did someone put like a, a defund the police sticker up somewhere? And so he's like, I'm not yeah. going to do my job anymore. We're it's just like, gonna, like we're just going to all my whole security force. We're all going to quiet quit. That I would I would love seeing Oda react to defund the police. Do you remember the security guards in the Truman Show? Uh, where it's like, what was it? I don't know if it was like security or something. Where like they would just be. Do you remember this, or is this like just like a very specific memory that I have that is not shared by any other person on this planet? Hey, why don't you keep? Why don't you keep rolling with it? Cool. Okay, I don't remember the specifics, but like they're just like so focused on watching the Truman Show. Spoilers <laughs> for a thirty-year-old movie. Um, really good. <laughs> it's great. Very, it's very, very prescient. 
very great jim carrey very prescient um i can't remember uh that woman's name but she is just endlessly beautiful um you know who i'm talking about yeah yeah um, um but anyways I know, like i don't know if she's uh I, I there's just something about her that is i just find quite my type uh, that's my type uh it's not laura lenny it's natasha mcelhoney <laughs> natasha now you're talking okay it's, it's like the it's the cheeks the cheekbones and all that i don't know what it is uh just very attractive but anyways it's like the security guards I'm, are I'm basically just like not paying attention because they're so focused on uh on watching like the tv show that's in front of them uh anyways that's that's it like i really don't have any way to like wrap that around into this episode all that to say is just he's a horrible cop uh but he's also just a typical cop um and that's honestly okay because like it's fine that cops are as shitty as they are like they don't need to get better or whatever um, oh you saw Yep, 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 yep. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's gorgeous. The eyes, the you know, uh yeah, everything. (laughs) She's gorgeous. Uh she was um like, hey, we need we need an Irish woman. It's like give us your both your bonniest lass. And uh huh. She's English. Well, she looks Irish. She didn't take lessons in Irish dancing though. Well, she was in uh, Devil Zone. We talked. We've been. That, that's the second Devil Zone drop that we've had on this podcast. A movie that I've only seen half of because the accents were so bad. Really? Yeah. Uh, she was also in Ronin. She was in, she was in Ronin. That's what I know her from. Uh, uh, Californication, which I saw her in that. Um, and she was in the most recent season of The Crown. So that's exciting. For someone for me i'm not a royalist but it is a fun show okay back to this episode the two last things that i wanted to mention are kind of like she the was book. in designated survivor that's one of her favorite shows i've seen one episode of that no you talk you you love that show she's in it that is false that is not a real thing that is that is correct um <laughs> the other two things i wanted to say for sutherland hive over here you know me, I'm all about post 9-11 uh, uh, racist terrorist uh, TV shows. Um, I do remember there was like one of those family friends that we had growing up that they were like, it was like 24 was musty TV. I mean, like 24 for a lot of people was musty TV. Um, I was going to say, <laughs> especially they, they're pulling numbers. Then. Yeah. But they were like, I bet I, I have not kept up with them because... You know, like that's high school, that's in the past. But I bet that they are very much like, oh, we got to get AR 15s. Yeah, we got to get AR 15s to defend ourselves. I uh, saw that one out of 20 adults in the US has an AR 15. That seems high. That seems very excessive. That seems could sure. be Could be problematic. We'll, we'll find be. out. We'll, we'll, who knows? Yeah. Stay tuned. It could uh, be great. The results have been mixed so far. I mean, it's been as as much good as bad thus far, right? Clearly, wait, clearly, yeah, it's I've already had to talk to my students this semester about one school shooting. It's like, it's just like within a given semester, there's already so many school shootings. It's ridiculous. Anyways, this episode, two more things. 
uh, at the beginning of the episode, uh, Morn talked his way into getting some. Very happy for Morn. Just want to celebrate that for him. Um, can, you imagine, can you imagine having Morn's face just looking down at you? At least he's going to stop talking, though. <laughs> you, can't, you can't shut that man up. Well, Unless you know, you find a way for him to shut up. Uh, and then the second thing, uh, while Some people Rom- were talking during those times, yeah, oh, that's true. Uh, while Rom did sing like a canary and and a Klingon High Council, uh, he did have a cute moment with Quirk at the end of the episode, um, where you know he's like trying to lift his brother's spirits, like, hey, tell the story of the thing that happened that I was there for. Tell the story. It was very cute. It was very charming. Like, very best brother award. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Miles and Keiko. Speaking of best awards, uh, Miles was definitely trying to get the best husband award in this episode. Um, he realizes that Keiko is feeling a little bit down about the school closing and feels like she has nothing to do except for tend to her plants uh in her in her apartment um and so he concocts a scheme of like trying to figure out like how to lift her spirits uh he tries to get her lift her depression with food and sex uh and champagne turns out that's not really enough to cure someone's depression Uh, however we'll take it (laughs) oh no you can try like i don't want anyone to think that me saying this is saying don't don't not give me food and sex yeah like bring on the champagne absolutely keep that replicator flowing baby um he also was like oh i'll build her an arboretum and bashir intervenes finally he realizes you know what the solution to your problems is a uh, is a two-month break from me honestly i mean no, here's here's the thing with o'brien he walks into a situation where she's She's depressed, right? She's all sad and stuff. He's not doing any of this for her, even if he thinks that he is. He's doing all of this for himself because who wants to deal with all of that no. when you walk it when you come home? Right? Like I gotta I gotta come here to my depressed ass wife and gotta, you know, like I'm just trying to have a synth a synth ale and like chill out and I got this negative cloud around me, right? Yeah. He he's like, you know, when he's talking to Sicilia, right? everything i moved some shifts around so i could like spend time with her like full this whole like for for multiple years now you've been not spending any time with her and now that she's all depressed you're like oh maybe we need some quality time here is more me like buddy it really is not more you that's not the cure like buddy um oh we're gonna do some like sex and shit like yeah I just love that this husband's like, my wife's depressed. Maybe I should have sex with her. Like, that's right. like you're doing like all of this Let me for change you, buddy. Up by like, having sex with her for a change. Like, I'm glad that you're having sex, guys. But like, um, this isn't O'Brien being all all sacrificial and good husbandy. I just, I'm not giving, I'm not giving him that credit on this. Oh no, absolutely not. Like, like the first introduction that we have to this being a problem is he's like, he walks into his apartment after his shift and is like, hi honey. And goes straight to the fridge, grabs a beer and then sits out and starts talking about his prop, like how bad of a day he had. 
like you can't like go over and like give her a kiss or a hug. Yeah, put your, put like your hand. Like ask how her day was first. <laughs> like there's so many things that you could have done better from the start. And again, he's only concerned because he's got to now deal with all this shit. And yeah, I I'm gonna say like I'm sure that he thinks that he's concerned for her. Most people when they're when, most people when they're doing bad aren't thinking that they're doing bad. You know what I mean? Like most people you think that you're good and you're doing good. Like, oh, I care for her. She's sad. I want to make her happier. So let me do these things. Sure. But like Bashir's saying, like, you're not like you're you're trying to like do all this stuff, but you're not like actually gonna empathize with her and like understand where she's coming from. You're just trying to like you're trying to like get rid of the problem. The faucet. You're just yeah. You're like yeah. you're just trying to not have to deal with this anymore. You don't understand that like she's not getting fulfillment here. Right. I yeah, he's he's trying to isolate a problem and fix it, but you know, just, man, just, that's not always what just an engineer, you know? That's, yeah, that's, like that's just not. One of the one of the biggest lessons that you learned being married, you know, I'm going to give a, you know, I'm married for several years now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's just, like, the, the difference between, like, um, your partner saying their problem, and you being like, oh, well, what about this, or what about that, and thinking that you're trying to fix it, when really all they want you to be, like, really, this is all you got to do. What word? Damn, that's just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they're fucking up. shit (laughs) you know like Uh. you sit there and you're trying to like well have you thought about doing this like everyone that they're mad at already went through that with them (laughs) yeah it's like sometimes you just need to to vent sometimes you just need to be heard about what's going on it's not that you're looking for a solution at this minute or that whatever solution you come up with hasn't already been thought of and you know, whatever. It's just sometimes just gotta say things. Damn, babe, that's fucked up. Let me give you a hug. You know, like it's congrats. Husband of the year right there. You're better than <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> uh, you know, so often the barred relationships is incredibly low. <laughs> so often. Um, I'm presently wearing my I'm a feminist t-shirt, you know. Oh, so <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you wore that for this episode. Or is it just that you wear that every day? <laughs> I've got I've got um I'm wearing that shirt. I've got an NPR tote bag with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. I was eating some alfalfa sprout sandwiches. There you go. Yeah. I love that for you. Okay. Um so yeah, the whole like uh uh oh something's something's bad here let me fix it by uh concocting this whole like you know holiday appreciate your wife day like on the one hand is it charming yes uh is it kind of cute that he did all this you know for her yes on the other hand maybe couples should do this for each other more often versus just one day a year (laughs) like valentine's day for example like valentine's day kind of loses its charm if you're like hey i bought you flowers the one time a year like that's just not cute you can't buy people flowers multiple times in the year just honest here's the thing okay again yeah um husbands were made in my image 
I, I, I make it a point to try to like. I'm gonna pick up some flowers at, at at least once a month. There's gonna be random flowers at home. There's gonna be the random like chocolate candy, whatever, like whatever it is. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure like I know there's a there's some things that she likes. I'm gonna have them just like on random times, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not even it's not like some kind of manipulative thing. It's just like if I'm at the grocery store and there's tulips. Like tulips are a favorite flower. I'm gonna pick up some tulips. It's like that's eight ten dollars to make to make this person happy. For you know, and like, like listen, dudes, just shut the fuck up. Have some random gifts, and uh, partners, you know, men, women, whatever. Like, random gifts, random uh, selfless sex acts. Yeah, I. Good to go. Oh, there's. It's it's good to appreciate your partner when they're like going through it. I guarantee this man is not doing flowers once a month. Like no. he is not. Like it it's surprising to Keiko because this is not his usual thing. Like if this was a situation where he got mentoring candidated, like last season, if that Miles was doing all this for her, it would not come off as a surprise. It's like, oh, that's my loving, caring husband. But that's not the miles that we actually have on the show. Like with my friends, like I tell them I appreciate them and I love them like on a regular basis. Like you are able to do that on a regular basis whenever with whomever is in their life, not just, ah, fuck, I got to fix this thing with my wife. You know, it's it's cool to like be good to people all the time. Like it's cool. That's fine. He's he uh, he's like. I took her on a moonlit, you know, sandy, like, beachside walk. Uh, what the fuck? You know, like, she's not happy yet. Like, dude, she sees you and Julian in there, like, every day of the holodeck, jerking each other off in the cockpit of a plane. Christ. You know what I mean? And, like, she's got to have the whole school shut down for you to take her in a holodeck? Come on, bro. Okay, so when I do the Miles Polly everything, it's bad, but you could say that Miles and Bashir are jerking each other off in the cockpit of a World War II plane? <laughs> Because because that's some funny oh, shit. I'm not I'm not trying to like reinter. I'm not saying that this is what's actually happening. I don't believe that these people are actually jerking each other off in the plane. I'm just saying that out of the cockpit, it, it's in the hangar. <laughs> no, you got to do. Listen, it's a holodeck. You got the those biplanes to the like. Uh, that's you have to like. They're not connected. Like those World War II planes, you have to like reach. Like there's yeah, there's a reach around. And listen. The and it's like World War One, like Red Baron shit. Safety features in the holodeck mean you're not going to die, but it also means that whatever type of uh, <clears throat> like if you're into if you need like a little excitement mm. for there to be some excitement, like David Carradine style, you know, like you can do, you can really like take things to the edge. Imagine you know if that's what you're into. If you're at a, a tailspin, just diving straight towards the ground, and you're able, I'm just, you know, I don't know. Okay, um, there's uh, several references in Lower Decks of having to clean out the filters in the holodeck, which is. <laughs> um, everyone, listen, everyone knows that the only way that you could make the only way that you can make a ship with a hundred people on it livable for a five year mission. Is if they're able to have sex with people who aren't each other, especially on Voyager. Like you're 
far the fuck away from everyone that you knew. It's way and too much drama. The crew is too small. Like you are yes. gonna run out. Like you are gonna have bad vibes with everyone on the ship. Like it's a much better situation to just pull a Riker and find yourself your own minuet. Or or pull uh, a Jordy or Barkley and and have oh, very uncomfortable have a very uncomfortable uh I'm having sex with like a real person who's on the ship. But they're yeah, all I mean, like, at least Jordy like <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand like, how that how you great, that. but yeah, like, there I feel like there needs to be roles. There needs like to be that, like listen, I'm sorry, I'm an abolitionist, but you gotta go to jail if you're having sex with like my counterpart in the holodeck, yeah. like based on like you're I, having, I didn't like, sign like, up. sexual like, things gonna, with your fucking therapist. Like you're gonna Damn. have to get you're Damn. gonna have to get <laughs> you're gonna have to get the sign off uh for me before that happens. Jail Damn, immediately. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's it seems very intentional that they have not named Jordy's husband on Macar or oh cute. That's a cute little slip. They have not named Jordy's wife on Picard. Um, I really hope it's not like, I hope it's not Leia Brahms for several reasons, but also like his daughters are that black and they're mixed. How? How? Yeah, no, they, they, there's no he, he has to have married a black woman, which considering like we've only seen like a handful of black women in Star Trek, it's probably someone that we've never met before, which is for the best. Um, yeah, please. My only, my only qualms with uh, with Picard season three right now only is qualms. that yeah. eh, you know, like there's just regular Star Trek qualms. Like I've had a number of qualms in this episode, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not, it's not to the catastrophic like I can't enjoy the show level the seasons one and two were. But when they do the like, hey, we're gonna have the holodeck of 10 forward but it's the the bar 10 forward i hate that give me give me the, the it's, they already had the set built give me season. give me the fucking d they the set built. 10 forward they have the set that's built. what i want i mean yeah you can't I pull guess. that you can't pull that other stud out of storage you think that that's been in storage for 20 fucking years are you fucking kidding you're telling like me that of Rick, all that the, Rick of all listen, the legendary sets, like that's not gonna like stay. Listen, if I were one of the big water, if I all right, if I'm Rick Berman, if I'm Rick Berman and I got myself, you have a, a lot to answer to if you're Rick Berman. If I well, then it makes sense what I'm about to do. If yeah. I'm Rick Berman and I got my big house in the hills, right? Um, and I have you know, I'm gonna have like a personal bar that's like right right inside from where the pool is or whatever that's out there. Like I just have a 10, the 10 forward set is like my, you know, basement bar. Yeah. Have you seen those, those homes on like Zillow's gone wild or whatever that are like enterprise themed, like movie theaters and stuff like that. And all. yeah, I know some of that gets kind of tough. I mean, some of it is definitely, oh, you're just a random person that put this together with no skills in carpentry or anything like that. <laughs> some of it looks tough, yeah. Okay, um, back to Miles and the Keiko situation. Um, again, sh- like, it's not going to work, but it's always worth a try. Sex, champagne, and food. I, that's fine. You can try it on me. It's not going to work, 
but you can absolutely try it. But it's very cute that he thought that that was going to work. Um, he talks to uh, Ben and like this was a cute, like fun little scene that I really enjoyed um, where he comes into uh, Cisco's office uh, and he's like, uh, can I can I talk to you? Uh, and Ben is like, yeah, what can I do for you? And Miles is like, well, it's kind of personal. And Dax immediately is like, five problems, chief. Like, I feel like you didn't have to, like, go for it. Like, we all know that they have marital problems. Like, you don't have to say that we all know. Like, I understand that she did that. I've been a wife and a husband several times. I know that look on both sides, which was kind of cute, you know? Um, but this, but you didn't need to have previously been a wife or a husband to know everyone also, Everyone. you don't have to say it out loud in front of a lot of different people. Like, it's... Be cool, girl. Like, that's a little rough. It was very much a why are you booing me I'm right moment. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I love that Kira was like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, I don't I, I don't understand this human shit. Like, she she did she just really wanted to hear the tea and i i really appreciate that she was being messy <laughs> in that moment um that everything about that whole interaction was great i i really enjoyed it um cisco was doing like real great manager energy he's like yeah. oh she's having a problem here take this uh cargo bay it's all yours go have fun um Miles said something to the effect of she sacrificed her entire career to be here with me. I owe her. And I'm like, yeah, that's the understatement of the year, pal. Like, yes, <laughs> you do owe her considering she came kicking and screaming and she's been upset every fucking second. And like the list is long and not at all distinguished. Like, yes, you absolutely do owe her. Um, I, I am going to say like, I don't know why she wasn't going to be happy with like the arboretum and the cargo bay when that was her exact same setup on the enterprise well that's the thing like they it's like when she like, was oh no she has to go on an expedition i'm like she didn't want to go on an expedition in her 20s and now she's got a kid like you know i don't know whatever i mean like maybe she didn't i don't know like on enterprise d it didn't seem like she was like you know, PhD botanist level kind of shit. It kind of did seem like that was her <laughs> hobby. But then now, yeah. like, no, that's her career. She's like, you know, legit and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. So she was just doing that for fun instead of getting married. Okay, I guess. Cool. Um, but he tries to to build her an arboretum. But Cher is like, yeah, that's only really going to give you peace for two months. Um, he does the whole thing of like a card will give you X amount of hours of flowers <laughs> yeah. a week or whatever. Yeah. And then, like a big gesture like that is two months. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea that Bashir has all this shit figured out. <laughs> it just came off really, really fun. I'm sure he does. Listen, every every scoundrel has their own little like set of rules, you know? Like they've got they know they know how to navigate in and out of their situations because all their situations are situations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that man has been in a lot of situations. A lot you know of I mean? like like he he knows what to do. Chips. Yeah, all situation chips. Yeah, that yeah. Anyways, um but so he finally Miles finally figures out that um you know what? The solution to all your problems is you leaving me for X amount of months. Uh, you go to your thing and 
while you're at it, take the kid. I kind of want to break from y'all. Like that was kind of the solution. <laughs> Miles, Miles ended up. This is like honestly one of the best Miles episodes in terms of like him coming out on top because mm-hmm. he got to get rid of his you know bad vibes you know okay. down down and out wife who he didn't want to be around anyway mm-hmm. and his kid who he didn't give a shit about and now he doesn't have to work eight shifts a day to like stay away from his family they're right. just gone yeah. and he'd be like yeah. oh yeah i'll like fly over sometimes which you I'll know is that yeah i'm three sure hours is like if I, yeah i've i've had a partner that lived in san diego while i lived in la which is like two hours it was very hard for us to find time to be to to yeah, see that's yeah you're it's never gonna happen you're always gonna have something each other at all like six months you're gonna see your wife and kid three times the most yeah you know like and he's this so he ended up totally winning he could now take less shifts at work he mm-hmm. can drink as much as he wants, and he can um, fly planes without, without all his Red Baron fantasies that he wants. Uh, Pull on my mustache with his man uh, Bashir. I had in my notes that, uh, like, after he gets done talking to Keiko, like two seconds later, he's going to be calling up Bashir, being like, "Disgusting brothers, <laughs> disgusting brothers." Yeah, hell yeah. That is a joke for two people. Um, it's a very popular show. I don't know. Yeah, why would you say two people? Come I don't know what the crossover is between listeners of a DS9 recap pod and viewers of Succession. If there's a we're, crossover, we're already a crossover. We are the crossover. Um, but yeah, so it is. So Keiko left, um, for two reasons. Uh, so it gave Miles a easier opportunity to take all those film roles that we talked about last episode. Uh, they brought Eddington in to kind of like cover his screen time and then they wrote out Keiko. They didn't technically need to write Keiko out for that. They could just have her not show up, which she often does not show up. Right. Um, and then the other thing is they wanted to ex- further explore the O'Brien and Bashir relationship as we've uh, been alluding to several times. Like that is one of those like fundamental friendships. Um I think like the top two friendships on DS9 are Odo and Quark and and Miles and Bashir. I, I think those are like the two fundamental um friendship pairings. Yeah. Uh, on the 100%. show. Yeah. And listen, they can just be friends. Um, you know, I my best friend and I spent plenty of time together, done all kinds of little capers. And we've touched tongues once and maybe like, you know, one person sat in the other person's lap one time, but it's never gone. It's never gone anywhere beyond that. But we, we would, we would hang out every day. That is not a relationship I have with my best friend. I'm just saying that, um, you know, such things, such things also exist. That's, that's nice for you. Uh, again, that is not the case with my best friend. Uh, I understand. I'm just saying that, um, I'm just saying that just because O'Brien and Bashir spend a lot of time together doesn't mean behind uh, closed doors in hollow suites that they're necessarily, you know, where the filter is heavily used. Um, yeah. Anyways, I am looking forward to seeing more Miles and Bashir stuff in the future. 
Um, this episode as a whole was like very fun. I enjoyed it. Like I didn't um I can't remember the last time that I watched this episode, but I found myself really, really enjoying this episode. Uh, you know, the the Quark and Grolka stuff was absolutely great, and I'm glad that they bring Grolka back in a future episode. Uh, because they really do have a fun little pairing um between the two of them and then like miles just bumbling his way into like trying to be a good husband is just so fun to watch um not a great commentary on like you know how 90s husbands were portrayed on tv but <laughs> so kind of consistent at the same time no, that's what I'm they thought that they were making him look really good oh that's yeah what, that's what i'm saying like they thought that like look at o'brien being a good husband you know like there's been a lot of shit being said out there on the uh you know in these streets but but he's a great guy look at him go here yeah anyways um any other thoughts before i get to trivia no okay uh thank you for that long pause uh the thing that people love in podcasts is this thing still on that, that, that thing yeah yeah, we gotta like look look down at the phone one time just to you know. Well, I had that. I actually had that happen to me earlier today when I was listening to an episode because like I I use headphones, not earbuds, and my headphones can sometimes get disconnected. And I was like, wait, wait, what, what, what just happened? Uh, but it was just a very, very, very long pause between the uh, the host saying things. Okay, a uh, couple pieces of trivia. One is very trivial, and one is very uh, surprising. Um, in spite of the many Klingon-oriented episodes that we get in DS9, uh, this is the only appearance of the Klingon homeworld Kronos on the series. Look at that. Uh, Look at that. Uh, yeah, it's trivial. Uh, the second thing is uh, the set, the DS9 set, uh, had a very surprising visitor during the filming of this episode. Um, when they were on the Klingon sorry gene hackman uh it wasn't it was not um but when they were in the klingon high Jimmy, jimothy stewart nope uh there was like a lot of smoke and armin sherberman recalled i remember i turned and the smoke seemed to part and there was dr stephen hawking visiting the set with rick berman why why was stephen hawking visiting the set on this particular episode like I understand like schedules is like you just happen to be on like in town. Like I know that he was in an episode of TNG, but it just seems super fucking random. I mean, good for him, you know? Like if I was Stephen Hawking, I would be visiting the DS9 set more than once, personally. Sure. I enjoy that stuff. I, right. I, I enjoyed it. I would have put this in the trivial side too. I said I, I think I said they were both trivial, but one. No, was you said like, one was like big. Yeah, yeah. It's just really, really bizarre. Um. Anyways, what's also bizarre is next week's episode, Equilibrium. Uh, Jadzia, Cisco, and Bashir visit the Troll homeworld for uh, treatment. Uh, and she gets hallucinations and stuff like that. This is kind of like the precursor for the Discovery episode when um, what is their name? uh adira visits the troll homeworld and like goes into the milky water does the whole minority report kind of thing with the milky water precogs the precogs 
Um, so yeah, so next week is like, you know, this week where we're doing I like that movie. Horror, next week we are doing Trill Lore. Um, which I'm excited about. I love I love Trill stuff. And I wish we got more Trill stuff in general. Um in uh in TV shows. Trill is one of the one the one of the alien races that they feel the least confident in. Like they're going back and forth. I um to me, I don't want to ever see another trill thing because of the discovery. Yeah. Because that was that was so awful. That just unbelievably the awful. Huh? The episode or the storyline? No, the idea that like um you could just manifest um like a person. I see like I so there is a there's a later episode of DS9. Some Oprah the secret shit. Like what are we doing? There's a later episode of DS9 where we get to quote unquote see the past of the Dax Symbiont. And so I assume that the Discovery writers were like, what if we took that a step further? Might be a step too far, but what if we took that a step further? Um I wish that the those that those characters never came on to the show or or you bring one like having the two care having a ghost walk around that whole time I, unless it's one of beverly's ghosts i don't want to see it oh well beverly's ghost um that would be a like that'd be fun if beverly's ghost pops up in picard that's the villain all along Picard Picard thinks that that's his kid, but really it's one of the ghost kids. One of the ghosts. Um, Better get a paternity test on that, Picard. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. This this lady just pops into your life saying it's your kid? Come on, dog. (laughs) I mean, at least it's not a random lady. It's a lady that he knows, but you you definitely need a paternity test. Episode 9, she's going to ask for alimony or something. (laughs) Oh God! Okay, uh, it is time for us to release stocking clamps and pilot our tough little strip away from Tarek Noir. If you want to reach out to to us with comments or questions, hit us up on Twitter. Our profile is at Tarek Noir, or send us an email at TarekNoirPod at gmail.com. If you get the chance, feel free to give our show a five star rating and a glowing review. Thank you all for listening. We hope you join us next week. But until then, walk with the profits, travel.